All right, welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I am here with Elliot Tomaszewski. What's going down? Uh, Kayla Leos. Hello. And we are talking about uh, Jamie Dimon's predictions and uh, some other stuff. So let's kick it off. What's yeah. Jamie Dimon saying, Elliot? Well, he uh, has a post that he came in. I think it was like Business Insider or whatnot that he made a statement that, well, it's not a statement. It is fact that $150 billion of... Uh, mortgages, you know, commercial mortgages commercial are going mortgage. to come due okay. uh, this year. And then by, uh, I think it was 20 next year, an, an additional 300 billion that are coming due. And with rates, uh, you know, inflation, the economy woes that, it, that mm. have been going on, that there's a lot of scare and the impact that it could really have on, you know, the economy as a whole. I mean, you're talking jobs, you're talking uh, circulation of, of economics in your local municipality. So it's one of those things that, yes, I think in our you know residential world, sometimes you wonder how does this have effect. But to me, when you look at that much money and the effect that it could have rolling downhill, could have impact if it hits wrong. So yeah, these people that were the these building owners that were thinking, oh man, the the rates will be low when when they come due. Yep. And, and refi. I'm just gonna refinance them. I no. wonder if an agent told them to just marry the building, date the rate. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the bride. <laughs> uh, so advice uh. that didn't age well from mm. the realtor population in mass. Yeah, so they were anticipating being able to keep the low rates. Yeah. That hasn't happened. And they're not going to be able to. Now they have to refi into higher rates, which will make their payments higher. And they're already, you know, dealing with rental or, you know, um, tenants that are moving out or, you know, I know. Is this more emptier buildings. Is this going to be like the craze of like the commercial uh, remod? You know, loan, loan. Yeah, remod. the remodification into your commercial loan. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, it could be. Yeah. I mean, there's just, that's how you do it, right? Got to bail them out. Well, and it's a whole different, you know, situation. A lot of those are personally guaranteed loans. You know, there's a like the the way that they can sue people for defaulting, and that is an entirely different way than you know residential. So, yeah. if that was the case, I mean, and you know, most of these people, you sue them, they lose, it's bankrupt, right? So, in in most cases, so the, I think that there it would be advantageous for the banks to do uh, modifications in those sectors that are hitting hard. Depends I on who, though. Well, yeah. I think that <laughs> I guess it, it, does it depend could, on could cause bank runs. We could, we could yes. see a repeat of Silicon Valley Bank and see bank runs. And also, I think that we were kind of talking about this before the podcast, but a lot of the reshuffling of America that occurred during the pandemic, I think, is, is causing the vacancies in the commercial space. So will there be a return to work mandate and potentially what will that do? Maybe that will improve the commercial outlook, but what would that do to the residential outlook, especially when you have places like Boise, Idaho, that just blew up during and right after the pandemic because a lot of people from other places moved there. Uh, And and I know that Phoenix was definitely the recipient of a ton of new residents that, you know, call Phoenix home now because they can work from home. So what will happen in the event work from home uh, is denounced. Yikes. Yeah, right? Yeah, I wonder, I, you know, and it's something I know nothing about it, just listening to you say, I wonder, like, how much, like, the lunch sector was, was hit, right? Like, so people that go to work, right, just, like, you know, going out for lunch 
all those types of things, was that pretty much obliterated? And I'm just seeing like one little small sector of, you know, money moving. Talking about like through. restaurants exactly. around, around the, or the, the food trucks that yep. are around the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, yeah, when you talk about that at scale, that's a boatload of money. Yeah. You would think that that would have had an impact though, like on coffee shops too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Starbucks seems to be doing okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't seem to skip a beat. <laughs> so the commercial potential meltdown is that what we're calling this? Potential. Yeah, I, I think we're definitely going to see some smaller banks go out. It's just it's going to happen. You don't think the government will just keep them propped up? Not the smaller banks. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of do. If it's kind of do. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, if it's too big money. to fail, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there, there's obviously the too big to fail ba- banks, and they're going to do. They're definitely going to prop them up, but um, some of the smaller ones, I don't think. You know, from everybody that's got money saved in the bank, we'll just reach in there and inflate you know the money depreciate their money that they're holding on to that they've had and worked for and, and saved for years let's go ahead and basically i, take I think it. that <laughs> i think people are catching on that's why you see bitcoin and crypto starting to do real well again i mean obviously of course the etfs contributed and the having is what 50 something days away how many days yeah. away from having are we 51 yeah well it's, it. an, it's an eight something like that yeah it's it, in early april right yeah yeah, early yeah. April. I mean, they, they don't really know when it's going to hit, but it's 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 all depending on the hashes. And I don't know the Bitcoin after dark ish. guy. He's <laughs> he's pretty confident. Bitcoin <laughs> after dark. <laughs> this guy is hilarious. <laughs> like this guy like live streams and he's all yeah. He'll talk. He'll talk for hours on Bitcoin. Yeah, he'll talk for like well, fourteen hours straight on Bitcoin live streaming on YouTube. He's when crazy. it's had almost forty percent growth in three months, it's hard to not be. Yeah bullish about it right well this this dude apparently made a ton of money first go around with nice. crypto yeah so anyway catching on to the deflation of the u.s dollar sadly uh all right let's 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 shift gears a little bit i want to talk about something kind of crazy that happened it's my viral vibes for the week so a realtor in shenandoah iowa was touring a home that he was potentially going to be listing and the australian shepherd beagle mix was on a leash but got loose and uh, actually came up to the man and he tried to kick the dog off and the dog didn't uh, you know kept trying to attack him so he had a gun he had a concealed carry permit and he pulled out his gun and he shot the dog that's wild yeah so did he kill it no thank goodness the dog lived no. but the homeowners they were, shot it in the foot i don't know no it was it was pretty serious it was pretty serious but the homeowners were really upset that the realtor had a uh, you know, a gun with him and that he, of course, used the gun and shot their dog. So I'm just like thinking about like, this is the listing appointment from hell. You think he got the listing? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think he he got the the listing listing, uh, because they were really upset with him. So it's kind of going viral, raising a lot of questions about, you know, hey. Concealed concealed carry. Yes, but also like our safety when we're out in the field. And, you know, this home was occupied. The, Our the homeowners bite were people home. when they walked around. Our kind right. friends. Yeah. They just so happened to be like 15-year-old Yorkies and don't do much damage. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's a total <laughs> different scenario. Like ankle, it, ankle grabbers. Did, yeah. did, uh, and I'm sorry, did it say what kind of dog it was? It was an Australian Shepherd Beagle mix. A beagle? So Beagles what, are smaller. Yeah, yeah that's that, <laughs> I was going to say, that's not that big of a <laughs> dog, right? Why don't you just kick I, it? Or I guess, I don't know, Australian Shepherds are probably big. 
But man, that an Australian Shepherd and a Beagle, that's kind of weird. Yeah, but this yeah. dog was like attacking him. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, you have a right to defend yourself, especially if it's a sizable dog that, that's, that's charging at you. Honestly, in my, you have a right to defend yourself. Yeah, but I, I don't know, know what, what I, size of dog it is. I mean, you can kick it and, and I, walk away. I do agree with that. away from it before you shoot a, shoot a dog. Yeah. So I, I guess the story goes is he was going to the if basement. If it's got your arm and it's like ripping your arm apart and stuff like that. <laughs> and, I mean, does the guy have damage to himself? I mean, does he have like a bunch of bite marks on him? I don't know. I think the story didn't yeah. really indicate that. I just thought it was kind of, I don't know. It just seemed kind of shocking that it must have happened really quick. And in this period of several seconds, he pulls out a gun and shoots he, him. That does seem shot a little, it does seem a little extreme, especially if the homeowner's there. I well, mean, they were out. So the story goes is he was outside. He was going oh. through the backyard into the basement from the backyard. Oh, gotcha. And okay. the dog was on a leash and then the dog broke free and yeah, hmm. so just one of those was on a leash and broke free. So I mean, that sounds like a strong dog. But you know, hey, it, it, it could be the other. It could be the opposite where where the dog broke loose and mauled a person, and they're in the hospital fighting totally. for their lives. Right. Totally. So I mean, I, I don't just, know. It depends on what the dog looks like or what. I, I agree. I would just okay. The dog was. If it were me though, and I was having a realtor come to my house to tell me what my house is worth, mm -hmm. give me their professional opinion of value. I think I'd be pretty shocked if that realtor had a gun that was concealed and then used it to shoot my dog. That is, yeah, I mean. I mean, it just depends on I would be shocked. Uh, on the other hand, Yeah, were though, you nervous to meet with me or what? Or we live in Arizona. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's, it's definitely, it raises a lot of controversy. I think you'd be surprised to know that there's a lot of people that carry guns. Well, in Arizona, yeah, but even Texas, Iowa, like Iowa, Iowa's you think? Probably, oh yeah, for sure. And this, I guess, this town, Shenandoah, is close to Omaha, Nebraska, because the realtor. Actually, I keep calling him a realtor. Maybe he's just a real estate agent, but whatever, realtor, real estate agent. I'm not sure on that. Is from was from Omaha. Okay. And drove. So the Shenandoah, Iowa is a really small town, like 4,500 people population. So really small. Yeah, so people have guns. They're yeah. I, Very small. I would be, it's shocking. I mean, they could, they could not know, like, the person was, like, was carrying a gun just in case they got attacked or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and the only thing I will say, thinking about it, like, objectively, is even if a dog is, and we don't know the, the size of the person, right, or, right. you know, they Was it a female or, or a male? It, yeah, it was I it was believe male, it was a right? male. It was mm -hmm. a male? Yes. The news report is very vague, like real estate agent and oh, he, okay. yeah, yeah, agent. So it doesn't really say, um, let me see if I can find that out. If he's not able to like try to tie the dog up for a moment while the owner comes and gets it to keep it from, you know, biting him. They only refer to him as the, or <laughs> him or her <laughs> as the real estate agent. Hmm. Okay. Oh, actually, no, it was a guy. It was a guy. Cause the, homeowner said that she did not know he was armed, meaning the real estate agent. So it was a guy. But I mean, we put ourselves in situations of peril constantly, Absolutely. right? You know, like for instance, if you're showing, if you're going to a vacant home, yep. there could be a squatter inside. Yep. You don't know. I mean, that's definitely happened where we've had properties that were vacant and there were squatters inside. Uh, and it's, it thankfully never escalated into anything serious, but you never know. I have a quick question there, just because know. of the backgrounds that the three of us have. I know I got a crazy one that at least comes to mind. What, uh, what 
crazy situation have you guys been to in walking up to like an REO property or a vacant property where somebody was in their, you know, drugs? <laughs> in their oh, drugs. Yeah. I'm in sure. In their drugs. You uh, want to like, tell yours. You've got I'm, one. I'm Go for it. Well, I'll, I, okay, I'll kick us off. So there was this one where I was actually alerted to the uh, daughter squatting in the property, and she was a drug addict. It was a rental property from a homeowner's. This was a short sale. Mm-hmm. He owned it for a, for a while. Massive deferred maintenance. And what was an okay property, and it basically his daughter had taken over, not paying rent, couldn't evict her. And in his place, they literally destroyed this house. Like, the roof was falling down. Mm. Like, it ended up being, it was a crazy situation. But anyway, I went in there once um, with him. He came into town, kicked him out. We, like, literally locked up the house, boarded it up. I go back go back over there a couple of days later. They broke back in or, and are in the house <laughs> squatting there. So then I called the police. They call the police. I let them know that I'm calling the police. Car's police took a little bit to get there. They ended up getting out of the property before there. Go back there a third time, and they were back in there in the house again. That time, I literally just kind of didn't say anything, and I let the police go over there. And they, I think that she ended up getting like arrested, arrested for trespassing. The, the dad press charges, the, the whole thing. But I mean, and when 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 I go in there, when you go in there, I mean, it was, and I remember it was like rainy season. There literally was like puddles of water through through the house. That oh, like no. the. the the drywall was falling down. There was furniture that was destroyed. It literally looked like a drug house from like a movie. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Graffiti all on the inside. And it was the daughter. Yes. How heartbreaking. Uh, I we know. used to see some really terrible stuff, didn't we? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like when you really think about it, it's pretty darn terrible. Hey, so apartment rents and maybe single family rents may be coming down. So there's some recent data from John Burns that shows the amount of multifamily that's going to be delivered over the next year to two years. And these numbers are pretty startling. So let me let me just share with you. So for instance, Dallas has the most um, multifamily coming to market. There are currently over 55,000 units being constructed. Wow. To give you kind of perspective, all of last year, Dallas only had 20,000 uh, multifamily units completed. So we are doubling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that BFR yeah. went crazy A there. ton of multifamily. So number two was Phoenix. So Phoenix has 51,000 multifamily units coming to market. New York has 53,000 multifamily units coming to Austin. Austin, Texas, or coming to market. Austin, Texas has 43,000. Um, I've got a list. We'll go ahead and flash it on the screen or something so you can see this. But pretty crazy. There's a ton of apartments being built right now. What is this going to do to rental prices? It's going to bring them down. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I I wonder if these uh, these apartment complexes are going to have to refinance. Of the after, after they're done, I mean, they just have build build a uh, building loans or you go right to the developer. And here I'm thinking, like in terms of you know what's the everyday, um, you know American, what's the benefit that they're going to get by all of this new supply? Mm-hmm. You're thinking in terms of hmm. the developer yep. and, and what's yeah, their risk if they, profile. Yeah, because if they can't if they can't rent them for what they're absolutely what they need can't to rent them flow. for. Because they may have started building them back when the, the rents were really high, and then all of a sudden the market changes, and they're done with all these buildings, and 
Right. Then, the, then they, they have to lower the rents. This makes so. me think about that entry-level house uh, landlord as well. That yes. a lot of them that are kind of on the cusp of that cheaper rent, well, now that this new influx is in there, they can go get the uh, a multifamily unit that's probably nicer on the inside than that you know single-family rental. Now, is that going to bring those landlords, you know, may, it cause them to put their house on the market and actually create new inventory because now the time is, you know, it's a sign to cash out. Right. So their, their ROI isn't going to be mm-hmm. as high. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And what about institutional landlords? How is this going to impact them? You know, are they kind of risk profiled enough because rates were so low and they're in these properties for, you yeah. know, so cheap that maybe it won't impact them it could though i I think it would especially as many properties as they own it It has to in certain certain sectors yeah especially you look at these markets that like dallas phoenix Mm -hmm. uh, houston houston has about thirty-one thousand. houston we got a problem units coming (laughs) charlotte north carolina thirty-three thousand coming uh denver almost thirty thousand coming nashville twenty-three thousand raleigh durham 24,600. So, I mean, these are hot spots for rentals. Which is crazy. I mean, this is just that the the aftermath of all of those conferences that we were at a couple yeah. of years ago when they were talking BFR, BF, you know, build for rent, build for rent, yes. build for rent. But and these are apartments, right? These are apartments, but build for rents are still really prevalent. Yeah. And they, I'm sure... Are they considered apartments? Do you think that's... No, the, multifamily is apartment. So build for rent still considered single family. So these are these are actual apartments, like one bedroom, two bedroom yes. apartments. Wow. That's, that's a okay, lot. Okay, so these are... This is too much. I thought... It is. I thought that's we were the <laughs> point. That's why we're talking about this. <laughs> like, what are these people going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, who's, who's going to be renting these? I mean... I thought some of those built for rents were like those cluster style, like basically fourplexes, nice fourplexes that the, that they were building. Like I can think of a few of them. No, in they're Chino cubes. Chandler. They're like yeah. single single cubes. Yeah, but they have but there's four units in them, right? No, one. It's just, hmm. it's just a okay. House. I must be. I must. Have, I must have my wires house. crossed. They could, maybe they could do them differently. The ones that that we see out by us are definitely their own little units. Their they're own. tiny. They're like little mini houses. I see. I mean, it's yeah. kind of cool. Mini boxes. I mean, they're literally squares. If if you were like looking at an apartment or a build for rent, I I would like the build for rent. Oh, absolutely. The so the ones I'm thinking of are those. They're like nice. They're in, it's in South Chandler. They're fourplexes. Extremely nice. And they're 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 fourplexes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll definitely want to be kind of keeping an eye. And I think rents are going to come down a little. So we'll see if that holds true. Yeah. That will we will see. So one of the things that I want to talk about in a little bit of advice right now is actually, uh, you know, so many Facebook, Instagram, you know, all these different types of groups right now, I see a lot of agents continuing to talk about rates. And it is obvious because the cost of capital right now is quite expensive and they're not really sure how to get their clients off of the fence, right? So one of the things I want to actually share is uh, good old Tom Ferry, which, you know, one of the most pronounced uh, personalities, influencers, coaches in the entire real estate space is he's actually predicting that 24 is the year of the five, right? Where one of those things is, um, well, two things in there that really catch my interest the most is that your interest rates are going to go down to 5.5. And he's also projecting that there's going to be over 5 million 
transactions in 24. So those are things that I think that, that are that are huge. And, then, and on that piece, I actually want to give you another little advice that that um, from from the post that he had. If you don't follow Tom Ferry, he's got hundreds of thousands of followers. You should definitely go follow him. He's always got you know epic, amazing content. <clears throat> he's talking about actually uh, an email marketing uh, play that is moving mountains for a lot of agents right now. And it's a very, very simple email. And it's, hey, did you own a house in 2023? Would you like to get uh, calculate your home's equity? And basically, from there, you're just doing a simple CMA and agents are killing it right now with that with leads, opportunities that are turning into listings. Which leads me into my last part of the advice. So many things that are continuing to go on, like in these forums that I'm talking about right now, um, you're seeing a lot of postcards that are being sent out by lawyers saying, hey, did you buy a house between X and Y time? And if so, you may have, you may be eligible for a class action lawsuit, right? That's all around this buyer lawsuits that are going on. And so I want to continue to share the advice of focusing on sellers and doing things that it takes to bring uh, value to people that own a house. Last thing I'll throw at you with this ad advice is the known stat that over 60% of the people that are selling a house are always going to buy a house. So do yourself a favor, focus on sellers because every seller you convert, you're going to get 1.5 transactions. Yeah. I love good. it. Solid advice. Solid advice. Advice. <laughs> that um, is such a cool little slogan. <laughs> so what I got, <laughs> what I got in the uh, market minute here, we have uh, new home sales year over year. Um, in January, it was supposed to be about six and 684000 That was the, the target. Um, it came in a little bit light at 661000 year over year. And uh, we haven't been over the 700000 mark year over year um, new home sales since July of 2023. Okay, so wait. This is new home sales, not existing. This is new home sales. So this yep. is like builders. Okay. Builders, yeah. So it came in just a little shy of projections, yep. but still not as high as July of 2022. 2023. 2023. Yes. Okay. Last year. Yep. So it's down. It's down. It's down. We're not, and we're, uh, people were thinking it was coming up, but it's, it's not. So I don't know if I agree with Tom Ferry because I know. I mean, we were talking about it last week, how election year, people don't, they don't, know what's going on so they're mm -hmm. like oh especially gonna, this i'm gonna election. wait i'm gonna wait to move <laughs> mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. after the election so mm -hmm. um, well so i've read some i've read an interesting kind of analysis of builders so so builder stock is like doing really well like for mm -hmm. instance dr horton last year their stock was up 70 and a half percent seven zero 70.5 yeah. Holy crap, percent. I had no idea. Yeah, so uh, Pulte did really well. Like all the publicly I mean, they were traded, in the dumps, though. So. They were, but the, all the publicly traded builders did, did really well. Their stocks mm -hmm. did really well last year. And essentially, they have enough cash on hand, and they have enough margin to compress the margin, keep their returns high, and pass along that savings to consumers. So essentially, they can buy the market of buyers mm. to purchase new builds over resales. Mm. And so we could see, uh, you know, even though those numbers came in a little low, what we could see over time and throughout the year is more new home sales, less resales. Mm. I think we're yeah. going to see back see the five percent, six percent, seven percent. They're new already build they're already doing it. They, oh, oh, they oh, commissions. Oh, okay, yeah, commissions. I thought you were talking about rates. Yeah. Uh, potentially, yeah, maybe. But I think that the big thing is you know rates. 
rates. Buyers yep. are so payment sensitive. Yeah. If they can they get into be. this, houses are freaking expensive. Yeah, hey, yeah. buy our house, we'll give you a four percent interest rate for the next two years. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I know Which that is smart. It's playing out not just in theory, but I'm seeing it in real life. One of our agents, uh, Jake, was here last week and and telling me about a buyer who just helped get into a new build out in Santan and same thing builders buying down their rate it's FHA they're getting locked in I don't I don't remember the number but it was a really great number and they they just couldn't pass it up yeah we had a flip that we were doing in Santan and um the buyer was looking at ours I mean we put we macked it out made it look really super nice and they decided to go with the with the new build and it was like wow that's crazy all right over over wow yeah yeah well, that's another thing to do, right, from a resale standpoint is educate your seller on what it would be like to, to buy down the rate, how you can give those concessions to the buyer, and they can potentially buy down the rate, which will make your house more attractive. Absolutely. And also educate the seller on what they can do to make their home look like a model home, mm. because that's also going to factor in right. is that condition of the home. So, hey, at Sudelia, we have a program that allows <laughs> you to do just that. so that It checks the boxes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we just love having options <laughs> hey thanks for watching guys don't forget to subscribe like the video make a comment you know yep. let us engage let us know, uh, what you have on your mind we'd like to talk to talk to you thanks guys thanks see you guys